The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matter of Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I have on the show today, transformational expert and author of Free to Be, six-week guide to reclaim your soul. Don't you just love that title? Shireen Etasam. I had to pronounce her name like 10 times to say it right, by the way, everyone. So cut your boy some slack, cut your boy some slack, right? But we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Like we talk about reclaiming your soul. So we're going to talk about the importance of soul work, examples of spiritual bypassing, or even what that is, right? And what to do when we have bad days. Because, you know, I don't have bad days. I'm just walking around here perfect, so yeah, I don't need that. But, you know, some of us may have bad days. Who knows? Who knows? So we're going to talk about all that stuff and a whole lot more. And, of course, because I'm such a nice guy, I have a hack of the episode for you, right? The question I want you to stick around from, the importance and examples of play for our health. Because everybody knows that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a five-year-old. So, you know, this is going to be a, lo- a lovely episode that I'm going to really love to talk about. And with that being said, let's welcome my wonderful guest to the show. And I'm not going to try to pronounce her name a second time. Hi, how are you doing today? <laughs> I am well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You're hilarious. You know, I try, I try. I, maybe I should moonlight as a comedian and when I'm not doing podcasts. You know, maybe I'll, I should try I'll join you. We'll take there the show go. on the road. That's right. Let's go. With that being said, tell my audience about yourself. Uh, so my background, um, well, I'll, I'll go way back. So I'm originally from Iran. We came to the States when I was nine, so I became very Americanized, and and, uh, we lived in um, California. Then we moved up to Washington State um, because my father was teaching at uh, University of Washington, went to a artsy-fartsy high school there um, that I loved, and then I moved back down here to go to college, and my family um, also came back. Uh, and, um, so everybody lives in the area and I, um, went to school for, I studied film, uh, majored in film, minored in broadcasting. And I, I originally wanted to be an actress and my father, uh, kind of talked me out of it because a, uh, you know, at the time, an Iranian uh, female actress in Hollywood, um, you know, uh, didn't really stand a chance. Now I think things are changing. So I started, um, and my dad had uh, said, you know, well, why don't you um, make films and also star in them? So that's kind of what I did. But the more I did that, I um, went behind the camera and less in front. And that evolved. I went from filmmaking to um, uh, producing TV shows and TV series. And I ran quite a few shows, um, uh, mostly magazine style shows for Discovery and um, Scripps Network. And um, that evolved to more commercial work. And then I um, started going online and creating a lot of digital content as well. And, um, you know, and have also started um, quite a few different companies and um, worked on major campaigns and such. And 
So my background isn't as a psychologist, isn't as a doctor, isn't, you know, um, it's more so of really a normal human who had a, you know, a a crisis in her life and, um, and was propelled into doing some serious soul work and had a lot of aha moments and, and realized after six years of what I call um, bobbing for spiritual apples, um, not knowing what I was doing. Um, I found my way and I realized that if I knew what I was doing, (laughs) that it really could be distilled into six weeks. So I wrote the book that I wish I had when I was at the crossroad and on my knees. You know, I like that story because I've had, I've been doing this show now for, I don't know, two and a half years. It feels like 10 at this point. And I've talked to all kinds of people. All You know, it feels like 10 because I'm actually enjoying myself. So maybe I should say it feels like one because time flies. You're having fun. I think that's how it's supposed to go. But, you know, my brain doesn't work like most people. You want it to last forever. There we go. See, you said you're you're, you're, fan time. Exactly. You said exactly what I should have been thinking. (laughs) That's why I have wonderful guests like this on the show. But yeah, but seriously, so you know, I've, I've so many people on the show who, you know, with certain certifications, MD, so on and so forth. But the, my favorite interviews have always been the real people. You know, it's not, yes, certification is important. I mean, God knows I have seven of them, right? It took me a long time to get all those. So that's important. But the experience is also important, you know, because, you know, most of us, we, 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 we get so caught up in things that we do and, you know, what we may know. But sometimes we we fall off on the experience piece, you know, and that's why a lot of times I gripe with my colleagues who are traditional, you know, Western medicine doctors, not say Western medicine is not important. But a lot of times they get so caught up in prescribing something when they don't really they can't even get into the shoe of the patient and the shoe of the person. So what I'm saying here with Shireen is she her experience helps her to get into the shoe of the average person, which I think is extremely important. So I'm glad you brought that up. Which leads me to my next question, because I want to talk about your book a little bit, because I love the title, right? What is it? Um, a Six-Week Guide to Reclaim Your Soul, right? So how'd you get into that? Yes, it's free to be. Free to be is the title. The tagline is a Six-Week Guide to Reclaiming Your Soul. And funny story around that, um, I uh, when I was writing the book, uh, my manuscript, I didn't have a title, right? So it's just like some sort of working title. It could have been Shireen's book, but I, um, I, <laughs> I called it how to live a, how to live an empty and meaningless life, empty and meaningless in, um, the, the Buddhist, um, term in that, um, we have to empty our minds and not attach meaning to things. So when I got signed with an agent, she was like, yeah, that's not going to fly. <laughs> so, um, so it became free to be. Um, yeah. And I uh, asked me about the, anything about the book. Well, so in the book, you talk about soul work and I really don't think a lot of people are even familiar with what soul work actually is. So let's start off there. Explain to the audience, what is soul work or even why is it important? Yeah, really, really good question. So soul work falls and I love the fact that you call it soul work. Um, I often refer to it as spiritual wellness or spiritual health. Because when you talk about spirituality, and I dislike that term spirituality, because it puts it in the realm of either the woo-woo or um, people get it confused with religion. And it's seriously none of that. And I love the fact that you called it soul work because it really is work. And the process is anything but woo-woo or rainbows and butterflies, it's actually really hard. Um, It's deep, it's dark, and it takes a lot of courage to do it. And it's incredibly important to do because our souls are, are, we all have it. We all have our unique imprint in this universe that's what our soul is so there isn't a 
anything in this world that has the same makeup as your soul. That is our unique signature in this universe, different than than spirit, which is, you know, whatever the, the all there is, higher consciousness, universal energy, Jesus, Buddha, Allah, whatever you want to call it. Not necessarily Buddha, because Buddha is all about the God within. Um, but people get that. Um, people often get soul and spirit mixed up. And I can talk more about that because chapter five, week five of my book is all about connecting with the your higher self. Um, the rest of it is about uh, soul, soul work. So there are quite a few studies now that talk about disassociation. We disassociate somewhere between the age of zero and five, Say some say it's age zero and seven, and we all do it to different degrees. And the degree of our disassociation and what we're doing, the disassociation is basically a split, a departure from our true essence, our inner core, our inner star. And to the degree that we disassociate really depends on um, when it happens and um, the intensity of it. So it could be that a child is abused and that is serious disassociation. But it could be that a child is just left in the crib for a little longer than they want to be and the parents didn't come fast enough and it feels neglected and um and because of that the disassociation begins and the disassociation basically is when you stop taking your cues from your inner core and start absorbing outer cues outer stimuli so then you look at you look at kid, you know, toddlers, babies, and the joie de vivre is just, it's not only very apparent, it's contagious, right? You want some of that. You want to be around the kid and, and all of that. And it's not just because they look cute and cuddly, but there's a, they're, they're just, they're, they're supernovas just like, you know, going crazy. And we lose that. We lose that over time. So we disassociate from our, our inner core and we start taking the cues from the outside and we learn to play the game right the 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 rules the regulations the 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 awards the good grades you know you have to do this in order to get that and then once you attain that you get the other thing and then you got to compete against this person and then the this company against that company and this country against that company and whatever it is disassociation disassociation and we at some point have no way of knowing what it is. I mean, people say, follow your bliss. Most people don't even know what their bliss is, you know, like how do you, how, where, you know, most people don't know. And so what we do is, you know, we get addicted to happiness and we go from trying to create a happy life or a happy situation, whether it's vacationing or a new job or new relationship that makes us quote unquote happy to the next one, to the next one. And we also, in order to feel worthy, we start, you know, getting the positions and, and uh, the salaries and acquiring the homes and whatever it is. But what ends up happening is that all of those things mentioned added up still doesn't nurture us, still doesn't add up to our self-worth, our, our value. So it's the excavating, it's the the unraveling, the the I'm thinking about onions right now, like onions have layers. That's what I'm thinking about right now. Onions, it's um, it, the Buddhists talk about the, the lotus as a symbol, um, and it's beautiful because it's always becoming. So it's, you know, and the more you open, the more you open. And um, you can't, you can't leapfrog, you can't hopscotch the process either, because, you know, you enter 
a, a level of awareness and then based on that awareness, a new level of awareness opens up and so on and so on. So you can't be like, and this is why I tell people, I'm like, if you're going to read my book, you have to read it chronologically because if you skip to week six, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, you have to go in order to find one soul. You have to remove the layers upon layers of whether it's white noise, it's what, you know, you've been told to do. It's the, the schmutz, you know, <laughs> that has been weighing your soul down. And then once you find your soul, which I actually believe is the byproduct. So the first half of the book, which is the first three weeks, again, very intentionally, three weeks, three weeks, because there's a lot of talk about how to make a break a habit. And they say that you can do so in 21 days. I don't feel like it's that neatly like, oh, 21 days, I've now broken my habit. But um, it, it is right around that time. It could be, take a month, it could take two months, but... So the first half is really about um, undoing a lot of habits that don't work for you. And the other is um, the second part is um, creating new habits. So that's why it's 21 days and 21 days. But the first three weeks or week one is all about detoxing and decluttering our brain because that's the biggest culprit. Second week is about detoxing our heart. Um, and, and that is really a matter of understanding what the heart's responsibility is and isn't and not tasking it with the wrong thing um, and not um, and, and protecting it from certain situations or, or people. And um, so very a, a different way of looking at the heart. And then week three is all about the body, which I'm sure you would be interested in. But different than um, talking about taking care of our, our you know, uh, eating right, sleeping right, exercising. It's really shifting our relationship with our bodies that we mostly either ignore um, or don't treat well. Shifting it to a, a loving relationship because it is our only vessel through life. And usually we don't realize its importance up until the time we have a breakdown, right? When disease sets in and you're like, crap, I can't do anything, right? So underneath all of that, and there's very, um, uh, there's exercises throughout um, every week, every chapter. Um, and the reason I do that was is not to add more to your to-do list, but it's to make the book really experiential. There's a difference between conceptually getting something like, okay, well, that's a great idea and actually living it. So, um, so that's what uh, the first half of the book is so that we could clear our slate, clear our runway to our soul. It actually becomes a byproduct of detoxing our heart, body, and mind. I like that. I like that for many reasons. Um, for people who are new to, you know, this wonderful channel of mine, hit subscribe if you haven't yet, of course. You know, don't people who have been watching me or listening to me over the years, because, you know, I never shut up. I've talked about my asthma and my other health issues that I've had, right? And and now I'm reaching, I'm, I'm, I passed age 40 and I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. I've been off my medication for years. And a lot of people, they clap when they hear that, right? They're like, oh, that's really good. But something that people tend to miss, right? When I explain to them, it wasn't just the physical things that I did that got me there. First, I had to unclutter, like you were talking about the first part of the book, right? And I like that structure. I had to unclutter. I had to realize what was stopping me from being the best version of myself. And that wasn't just, you know, food. That was, a lot of that was mental, that really was mental. It was finding that part in my brain, in my mind to, to say, well, what's going on here? What's in, in some terms, some can say broken there. Right. And then once I started to unclutter, so I'm talking about habits like journaling, um, meditating before I start my mornings, going for a morning walk, reflecting on 
the um the the day the day or what I'm going to do um during the day if I on my morning walk, you know. So I'm uncluttering certain people from my life that just did not mean me well. Like, you know, or just people who do mean me well, but are not growing on the path that I'm growing or not going where I'm going. So I have to say, I have a rule. If you purposely don't mean me well, I cut you out of my life. If you don't mean me harm, but you're not growing weight, I'm growing. I also have you in my life, but I limit our experiences because I talk to people like Shireen. There are so many doctors, mental health experts, and, you know, that so many experts in different fields that I have in my life. And we... The people that I that I talk to on a daily basis, even if I don't see them, are people who are all moving forward. Some of my really good friends, like Ben Azadi, that pretty much everybody knows. Like he's one of the biggest names on YouTube when he talks about health, and you know he talks about Daniel Pomp, Doctor Daniel Pomp, and the works he does. Like these kind of people, you know, Doctor Stephen Gundry, who are he and I are not friends. I'm not saying this, but these are the kind of people that I like to have in my life, right? So having that always gives me something to shoot for. And that was a huge thing for me because every morning I got up, I got up with a purpose of making myself better. Then the physical changes started to come, right? So then, you know, I started to, you know, make some nutrition changes because I was learning from these people because they were ahead of me, even before I even knew them, right? They were, um, they were, were ahead, you know, I was learning from them because they've been in the field a lot longer. So I started picking up habits, listening to podcasts, reading books, and eventually I was starting getting better and better and better and better. But the one, the one big thing that I, I would say that I had to unclutter mentally was I couldn't expect my asthma to go away overnight. Mm. You know, I work with people in the gym and of course, and a lot of times a lot of guys like myself have been training for forever now, pretty much. And, you know, we always have something to work on. My legs are not big enough. My arms are not this or whatever. We always have something to shoot for. And that's some of the physical piece. That's easy tied into the mental because that hurts us mentally. Because we always feel like no matter how big we get, I'm not as big as that guy over there or that woman over there or her legs is nicer than mine. And and we get and that can also damage us mentally. Right. So, yes, we can work on the physical all we want, but we also have to understand the role that our minds play in that as well. And it's a complete um, um it's, a, it's, it's a complete process. And that's what I'm going to say, because people get tired of me, of course. Right. Is. The show is called The Matter Over Mind Experience. What people don't understand and why I name it The Matter Over Mind Experience isn't the argument of which one is stronger or which one is more important. I can give two craps about that. That's not why the show is named that. What I'm saying is once you discover what you need to do, you then need to start to make changes to get you there. That's the matter over mind piece. When I wanted to get to improve my asthma or some may say, quote unquote, heal so I don't get sued. Um, or, you know, reverse or whatever the term you may want to use, I had to make changes, you know, in my life, in my diet, in my lifestyle, how I train, all things I do to get myself to get there, get myself to stop taking the medications, which again, I'm not telling anybody not to, but that eventually became a part of, of my process as well to get me to where heal my gut. I couldn't just meditate and think my gut was going to be healed. I had to do physical things to get there. And when we talk about the mind and the body, we also know that when you have a healthy gut environment, that also impacts your mind and how you think. And, you know, like I've had um, Dr. Uh, oh, man, his name is slipping me right now. But he talked about psychobiotics, right, which is a type of bacteria in your gut, which impacts your mind. So, you know, there's so many aspects of health. We have to look at it from the whole structure and not just one thing which is why I think is absolutely important and why I have so many unique guests on the show to bring this perspective to my audience. And Shereen, I can pretty tell you have something on your mind. So go ahead. Well, a few things. I mean, uh, yes, I think that you're so spot on that it, you know, I mean, I think about some of the, um, you know, my, my teachers along the way that the people who have inspired me and um, their work has resonated. One of them being Ram Dass. Um, big spiritual leader. Um, he had a major stroke, you know, um, it, it, regardless of his awakening, his body still shut down. Wayne Dyer is another one who's just, um, I could listen to him forever, you know, had a heart attack. It's just, it, disease happens. Our bodies, you know, and, and you can certainly do things and, and they are very, very connected. So you can certainly, you're, you know, you can shift your mind so that it 
treats your body better and nurtures your body better and um you know and the 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 heart and the body and and so forth but truthfully the the body is its own entity and needs your attention regardless of what you are doing with your heart and your mind you know or or even your soul the body is super super important to take care of so that's one. And then the other thing you're talking about is um, I was thinking as you're talking is that so much of it is also about unlearning. You know, um, there's one of the um, and unlearning in that. Um, there's actually one other things that I want to mention, because you've had so many different um, nuggets, but the unlearning is uh, the visual that I have for, for it is. Um, did you ever see the Black Stallion? No, no. Francis Ford Coppola. Treat yourself to that. But it's a little dated now, but it's uh, it's an evergreen for sure. Um, and I won't get into the whole storyline, but the premise is um, this um, Arabian stallion and um, a little boy uh, get um, shipwrecked and uh, end up on an island together. And they form a friendship. And eventually the horse allows the boy to ride... Um, lets the boy ride bareback on him and they have this gorgeous relationship and all of that. Then they're found and they want to take the, the horse away from the boy and neither one of them will have it. They just like, um, so they're like, okay, the boy and the horse belong together. And so the boy starts um, uh, studying to be a jockey. And um, so he gets all of this training and all of that. And they're at a big race and um, out of the gate, he and his horse end up stumbling out. So they have a setback. And then all the other horses take off. And you watch him. And as he's riding, he starts taking off everything. Like he throws his whip away, his hat, like all of it. So And, and then they flash back to him um, riding on the beach at the island. So he is back in his element. Everything else goes away and it's just him and his horse. And that to me is the biggest, most wonderful visual symbolism of unlearning. It's like listening, like shutting out all of those things. Great. You know, hold on to what works for you, but if things don't let it go. And of course he, you know, ends up winning the um, because the weight is literally off of him. So and then lastly, I wanted to talk about, you know, um, you were talking about how not everybody is your people and how you have a gauge for. Um, I also have a gauge, which I mentioned in the book, not just for people, but also situations. A really, really easy way of knowing whether somebody should be you know, more in your life or you should be in a situation or not is really just immediately checking in with yourself and asking, does this situation or is this interaction with this person expanding or contracting my heart? And you'll have your answer right then. And and do listen to people and, and situations um, when uh, they first show up. <laughs> Because that is your your gut feeling about it is usually right, not always, but usually. So I have a I have a filtration system much like yours. I call it, um, and it's in week two of the the book um, in the heart section. It's called Taser Shield Filter or Hug. So it's much like what you do. So the taser is people that are toxic who just should not be in your life and not like physically tasering them, but emotionally, energetically tasering them out of your life. They don't need to be there. Send them, you know, bless them, send them on on their way. Shield is a little bit trickier because it's people who have to be in your life, um, but don't really belong <laughs> in your life. So it could be um, an ex you're co-parenting with or an in-law or frankly, uh, a mom who is a nuisance or, you know, a boss or whoever it is, you have to have them either permanently or, or temporarily in your life. And it's creating major, major boundaries um, with them. 
and um, and not allowing them in. So that's shield filter is really just not oversharing because we always we know we all know those overshares, especially on social media. And when people don't have don't know all of you and don't have all the context, they end up making stories and they just fill in the holes. And um, so your sharing isn't landing the way you want it to anyway. Um, But those people shouldn't, they should be in your life, but not know everything within your life. And then lastly is the hug section, um, which are the people that belong at your table. And usually those are, it's a very small group, but they're the true, the, the tried and true who are there with you through the thick and thin. So I like that, everyone. Go ahead and check out the book. I'm telling you, go ahead and read it and learn this stuff because I've had people say to me, I had a conversation with a friend the other day and I, he was talking, telling me, he brought it up actually about knowing your why. And he was like, oh, this is just common sense stuff. And I said, really? Because if it's common sense, then why are more people not doing it? Right. So, you know, you you think it's common sense. And that's one of those people that I'll say that I limit in my life because even though we're good friends, I'm like, when I hear something like knowing your why, my brain goes to what can I learn from that instead of going, oh, oh, that's just common sense. So what you're not doing it. You're not growing. You're not improving. So you don't know your why. And I know you don't know your why. Right. So that's kind of in the, in in connection with what you're just describing right there. So I really love that. And, you know, st- step back and just re- reflect and peel off the layers and then also start to build into becoming some might even say a better version of yourself i feel like i try to become a better version of myself every day even though some people might disagree with that but that's their problem you know so yes, it is but anyway let's talk about one of my favorite companies and you know, i gotta take a stop right here i gotta talk about the amino co i gotta talk about perform you know i absolutely love this stuff right so yeah 100 science-backed amino acid technology one of the things I love about it, it was first funded by NASA and then further refined through rigorous research and independent clinical trials. So PERFORM was designed to improve muscle performance during exercise, enhance mental clarity and concentration, reduce fatigue and dehydration, and minimize recovery times, right? So what I'm talking about in EAA product, essential amino acid product. But not only does it have essential aminos, not branch chain aminos, which I think you're just peeing your money away if you buy those, but it has essential aminos and creatine, which is extremely important. I mean, creatine has been studied for so many benefits. Creatine has been around. I mean, if you exercise in any shape, form, or fashion, you should you should have creatine in your diet, bypass, and if you have medical issues and talk to your doctor, all that stuff, I'm not getting into all that. But in general, right? Like it's, it's, I remember someone said to me, Oh, I, someone told me that creatine doesn't do much for most people. You can just get it from your diet. I said, that could be true, but it depends. Are you an active person? How much do you train? That's a little different. I train six days a week. So I love having, um, performing my diet because it has the essential aminos. It has the creatine, which, which helps me to actually use less caffeine to get my workout done. So I, it had each work, each, serving has 60 milligrams of caffeine, which is almost nothing. I double up and I go 120. That's all I need. And let me tell you something. It bangs. I mean, this stuff is fantastic. Per, now, let's say you go and you buy um uh, pre-workout, right, with 300 milligrams of caffeine. Now, again, not saying caffeine is bad, but I'm talking about 120 milligrams to 300 milligrams, completely different. Doesn't have any essential aminos, doesn't have creatine. So you have to buy all that stuff separate and it may not even be in the best mix that you can use for your workout versus perform that like has all that stuff together. I, every time I drink it, I feel amazing. I should email them, um, a couple of days ago. I said, you haven't sent me my new order yet. What's going on? You know, cause you know, you know, okay, they send me an order every month so I can use it and tell you how wonderful it is. And they're like, Oh, we're going to get it out to you immediately. No worries. No worries. Wonderful people to work with, but I really love perform. And on top of that, not just take my word, right? Because you know, I'll never lie. But let's talk about these clinical trials, right? 20% increase in exercise completed, 22% increase in endurance, 11% increase in peak performance during exercise, 
10% improvement in cognitive function doing exercise. And all those I could probably use the cognitive function more than anything else, right? So here we go. But seriously, it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a wonderful part. I'm essential aminos, creatine, less caffeine. They even have all natural flavors. These are the only ones that I drink are the ones that I really recommend, right? So, I mean, it, 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 they have everything. Amino, they have everything. So now they have performance. Of course, they have heal, which I talk about a lot, right? But their website is uh, theminoco.com slash Zico Health. And guess what? You get 30% off, 30% off all the time. Isn't that fantastic? Aminoco.com slash Zico Health. But of course, the website is going to be in the description of the podcast. So you can just, or let's say below the video, you click on there and you'll see a picture of this handsome face smiling at you, right? And it gets you 30% off, perform or heal or whichever you prefer. But with that being said, Let's roll on back into the episode because we got to talk about something else. Spiritual bypassing. Now, people might be listening to this and saying, what the heck is spiritual bypassing? So tell us about that, Shereen. Yeah, great question. So there are quite a few different ways we can spiritual bypass. One of them is basically glossing over life's problems with quote-unquote spirituality. It's basically checking out whether it is literally leaving, going to an ashram or someplace. And I love ashrams. I love retreats. But if you are escaping your life, and not dealing with what needs to be dealt with, that's a form of spiritual bypassing. Toxic positivity is another form of spiritual bypassing. So somebody comes to you and says, oh my God, my heart is ripped out because my husband my husband of 30 years just left me. And you say, oh, my God, well, he is such a, you know, a-hole and, um, you know, better days ahead and, um, you know, new chapter and, and so forth, which is good and great, but it is you're not acknowledging the other person's pain. And we do that to ourselves, right? So we could feel um upset and um tell ourselves you know um you know uh look on the bright side and um good vibes only and and all of that or we tell the other person that um which doesn't really benefit us or or the other we mean well but that does not care for the situation all we're doing is um suppressing and repressing <laughs> and it will bubble up anyway at at some at some other time or squirt sideways as as we say um other forms are um visiting spirituality i mean i i was a um spiritual window shopper for many years um spiritualing when it's convenient or when you're in trouble, right? God, universal energy, just get me out of this situation. And I pra- I promise to practice and believe in you or whatever that is. Or, um, you know, wearing uh, Tibetan jewelry and thinking you've got, you know, spiritual down. Um, so unless you are, I, I, I frankly believe that we can't have true mental health without spiritual health. Um, and I, I do believe that spiritual health is going to have its day, much like mental health is is having its day. So to deny ourselves a... Like you talk about, you you want a certain result. You go to the gym and you um, 
uh, workout day in, day out. You have a regular schedule. You customize, tailor your workouts to you. But then we come to um, spirituality and it's sort of like spaghetti to the wall. Did it stick? No. And half people don't know what it is, what what it isn't, you know, all that stuff. So it's in the realm. No wonder it's in the realm of of woo woo. So to step into some altered state of being and ignore life as is, is a form of spiritual bypassing. So if you are, if, you know, your, your marriage is falling apart, you're failing at, or feel like you're failing at work, you're, you have parenting issues, whatever it is. I mean, there's, it, no matter how evolved we are, we live on this planet and this planet has wars, it has um, atrocities, it has murders, it has rapes, it has injustice. All of those things. Now, I, I I can talk about what I believe would help everything that I, I've mentioned, but the truth of it is that is the life that we live in. And, and we can't bypass that. If By- you want tips on how to improve those things, people, read the book. That's all I'm going to tell you. Read the book. She's not going to give you a summary of the book on the show. It's, you know, just read the book, people. Read the book, right? What's it called? It's, it's uh, Free to Be. Free to Be, a six-week guide to reclaim your soul. I couldn't find it here in my notes, but there we go. Read the book, everybody. Read the book. Please. But actually, with that being said, Shereen, where can people find the book? So it uh, the uh, pub date is June 20th. Right now it's available um, for pre-sale, pre-order on um, multiple platforms. Amazon's probably the easiest, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And then um, when it is out, it will hopefully be in independent bookstores as well, which I fully support. And um, everything associated with me as a author or with the process is my full name. So Shereen at Assam.com. My social is social handles are also Shereen at Assam on Instagram, on TikTok. Perfect. Perfect. And of course, I'll make the show notes, ekahale.com slash free to be, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, now let's go to the hack of the episode, right? Because I introduced it. I really want an answer to this question because I want to talk about play. Because what really interests me with that question is that early you started talking about, you know, around age six to eight or approximately we started like stop focusing on the inner and now we start absorbing things from the outer. And when you said that, what what launched in my head was because, you know, I'm crazy or crazy. All this stuff comes to me at time to time is we forget how to be children. We forget how to play. And that's something that we learn over time. Like growing up, I grew up in Jamaica, a very strict community. And they're like, oh, you know, now you're grown. You got to stop doing that. You can't do that. You, you shouldn't be doing this or whatever. Like, it's like there's expectations on being grown. Let me tell you something. I had the most wonderful childhood I could ever have. Wasn't never a rich child. It was seven of us in a two-bedroom apartment. People see that sounds terrible. It was a great I love my childhood and I watch cartoons to up to this day that I used to watch as a child. And I will call my brother and talk about those cartoons that we used to watch as children because I learned from a young age, like from a young age, like, you know, family and experiences and those are things that make life important. Like when I walk into the gym, I talk to people and people come up to me, people the, the other day I walked in the gym and a couple people said, I haven't seen you in a while. Like I've been here just at different times. But we miss each other. Like those are the people I like to be around, you know, experiences. But anyway, with all that, I want to talk about play because that's something that we lose. So what's the important, why is, why is play important in our life? And I'm so glad that not only that you asked the question, but also that you pointed to the disassociation because it is absolutely when it starts, um, when we stop playing. It starts around that time. We start playing less and less. And by the time we are in our teens, adolescence, we, we stop. And the more, the more we adult, <laughs> the, the less we end up playing. And it really robs us the same way as us ignoring our soul. There is no greater way of us setting our soul free than by playing. And there are many different ways to play. There's actually 
uh, eight different play personality types that uh, Dr. Stuart Brown uh, developed. I had the privilege of spending an afternoon with him and have read, he actually has a book called Play. (laughs) And um, depending on your play personality types, um, there are various activities. So I'll give you an example. Um, Actually, you and I probably share this. One of the play personalities is the joker. So um, you like to joke around. I love to joke around. I do that with people. And it isn't like I tell jokes. It's just that I'm I'm playful in my interactions with people. Um, but I'm not a prankster. So that part of the, the, the play personality doesn't fit for me. I'm also, there's a, the explorer. Um, I'm a huge traveler. I love, love, love traveling. And so I'll mix the, the, um, you know, the, the joker and the, um, the explorer. And then I'm also creative and there's the, um, the creative. And so that could be anything from spoken word to, um, you know, playing, uh, improv, whatever it is. So, And then there's play personality types that I am definitely not like the collector, people who enjoy collecting things. I'm a minimalist. So the idea of collecting anything really stresses me out or there's the director. I mean, I've played director and producer and, you know, I've managed and supervised quite a bit, but that doesn't spell play to me. And believe it or not, there are play personalities uh, types who enjoy doing that. That is not me. So it's really important to figure out what your play personality type is, because, again, much like going to the gym, it isn't just going and trying everything. You know, it, you you really customize it to what brings you joy. And the most important thing about play is to be intentionally unintentional. So if you are keeping score, if you're counting something or whatever, it's great if you're working out, but you are not playing. That's not play. Play is for play's sake. You know, I, I was recently, I, I had mentioned um, to you, I, I had been uh, before the interview that I'd been to Florida and I was sitting at the beach watching these kids and they were all like the oldest may have been six. And they were so intentional about playing and they were playing, they were building like a sandcastle or something It looked like there was some moats around it. And um, everyone had their own um, roles and one would go and get water. The other one was pouring it and they would pour stuff out. And then the other would go and get other things that they found and stick it in there. And they were so concentrated on this. And, um, but you could see, you could see the joy you could see the teamwork. You could see the bonding. And, and the truth of it is that, I mean, they were building it so close to the waterline, it would be gone within, you know, an hour. But it wasn't about that. It was about being in the moment. The musicians call it, you have a guitar behind you. You know, they talk about being in the flow. That is play. That is play. And it's not, I don't even want to say that it's feeding, you know, our inner child or the child within because us as adults, we we need to play. And there are studies about how it affects our mind. Um, so the, the neuroscience and play go hand in hand, that it actually shifts our, our way of thinking. So it is a very important self-care process that we should integrate in our lives and most people don't do it. 100%. And I agree with that. Um, everybody that know me, like you said, I'm really the joker. I'm not a prankster. You're right. Um, but I've learned and from a, a long time ago, even before I got into my health, I don't know where it came from. I developed this, 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 this routine. If you don't threaten my, my life, someone that I love or my career, I don't care what you say. Like everything else is just everything else. That's just how I look at it. Like, you know, like we go, we get so bent out of shape over little things that means nothing most of the time, just because we want to be right or whatever the problem is, right? We don't know how to play. It's, I remember 
um, when I used to work at a, in a corporate in the corporate world, right? And be, every time I join a new team, I used to always hear, you'd be such a good manager. And I never wanted to manage people because that's not my thing. But they're like, you're such a good manager. You're, you would be a good manager. And, and I keep asking why. They're like, you're a natural leader because you let things roll off your back. You know how to talk to people. And I told him, you know, I tell you know why? Because I'm a five-year-old. Like nothing really bothers me at the end of the day. Like something will annoy me, but I'll just move on. Like, okay, annoy me in the moment and I'll move on. Like, I remember just a quick thing, not to keep this episode going too long, but I remember this conversation when uh, my manager were talking, was talking about how, you know, we should make sure that we, we have a positive outlook that everybody looks at our team and likes us. And then I said, I raised my hand in meet and then I said, Hey, what if I don't want to be liked? And then my supervisor said, mission accomplished. <laughs> and everybody just laughed because they knew it was me. Like, you know, like it was, and then when I talked to my supervisor later on, he said to me, if it was someone else, he wouldn't have said that. But because he knew it was me, he responded that way. Cause he said some people would have gotten upset if he had, if he had said that. And I said, whoever those people are need to get their head out of their butts because I said it another thing, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but you know, like seriously, like life, we, we, we talk about the science. Everybody knows I know the science behind it about activating the parasympathetic and not the sympathetic, right? And, you know, and act, your vagus nerve. And there's so much science, but I don't want to get into the science of it. I just want to talk about how it makes you feel to get up and laugh every day. Try watching cartoons. You know how many times I've watched Phineas and Ferb from back to, I have Disney Plus. I love Disney. And most of the time I don't watch Marvel movies. I'm watching, I'm watching like cartoons, like Big City Greens. Phineas and Ferb. Right now I'm binge watching um, That's So Raven because I remember I used to watch it when I was a child. Like those are the things that make, it, it just makes me laugh and it's funny. Enjoy yeah. life. Why is it the Joker on Batman always says, why is so serious? Like why so serious? Seri- you know, come on. I make sure I got my teeth whitened because I like to smile. I want to be seeing my smile on camera all the time. You know, like, you know, I can't be smiling with yellow teeth. Come on, you know, like seriously. But with all that being said, I don't want this episode to continue forever. I'm going to have to have Shireen on the show again. And maybe when you release the next book and talk about, talk about so many wonderful things. But again, I'll be remiss without saying the show notes are going to be ZikaHealth.com slash free to be. And of course, the show notes are going to be below in the description of the show. So you can click on it, learn more about Shireen, get access to her Instagram and so on and so forth. Shereen, thanks you for being here. This is an enlightening episode, not just for my audience, but really I learned some stuff because it made me start thinking about uncluttering again. I need to get back to that step. And so thank you. And I'll definitely get your book when it comes out, read it and post it on Instagram as well. So my audience can know about your wonderful work. And with that being said, go out there and play everybody. Uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content, out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.